When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the first appearance of the season from the chaps who talk West Ham. It's Love Sport Radio. Good evening, half past eight across the capital. We are talking all things Claret and Blue until 10pm tonight. Joining me, James Jones from West Ham World. Evening, how are we? West Ham World. Yeah, not bad, mate. I'm glad you're here because I know, I know there's a game going on right now. That's all right. Pre-season friendly. Yeah, Did know. they sell tickets to this one? Yeah. 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 And why are you not there? I, th- I think there's like 4,000 fans there. I couldn't make it. Why? Because I'm doing this. Fair enough. Aaron Chick is in the building as well. Watch Aaron, you alright? Uh, w- alright, Aaron? Yeah, I'm good. Aaron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's Aaron and Aaron. Yeah, nice. Little Aaron, little combo here. You're wearing the claret shirt as well. Do you know with what? With a that tiny was, little that blue is, logo. Yeah, that is like just that. coincidental. Oh, oh, yeah, no, I wore it on purpose. Yeah, no, yeah, of course yeah. you did. No, yeah. it's fine. He's going to tell everyone it's coincidental. <laughs> it's not, though. It's not, is it? You actually looked at it this morning. Well, ago. no, I'm going on holiday. It's the only clean t shirt I've got left in the drawer. So, uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll, we'll, we'll let you off that one. Um, <laughs> gents. Aston Villa versus West Ham United at the moment. A pretty strong lineup fielded by Manuel. Yeah, very, very strong. Yeah, um, playing a good time. He's rotated. He's rotated a little bit, but I think because of all the signings we've made, even with the rotation, it looks quite strong, doesn't it? I mean, I think Babuena and Anderson are both starting for the first time. Um, but that attacking lineup, I think, is what he's got. Um, Anderson, Arnautovic, Antonio, Wilshere. Um, it does look pretty tasty, doesn't it? Yeah, we look good. Like one of the, I was talking to you outside, James. It is a pretty strong squad. He's playing. I know he's Jeffrey Armelenko. He's yeah. not even on the I bench. He's rested he? him, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's played a few games. And uh, Snodgrass as well is another player that's played a few minutes pre-season. He's left him on the bench. So yeah, yeah, he's on the bench. But, I mean, it's, it's encouraging that we're, well, we're tuning up against Philly after half an hour. Um, by all accounts, just following it on social media, we've looked very, very good. So... Um, and given that's probably not going to be our strongest 11 uh, probably not far off it but it's not going to be our strongest 11 it's quite encouraging so far I mean they're, they're, it's, well they're approaching half time there 
Um, 2-0. Alnatovic is on fire, though, isn't he? Yeah, I think oh, man. Was that four and three now in pro season? Yeah, his goal against Preston was... Yeah. That was quality, man. I, I know he was, doing, he was doing a lot of training and a lot of fitness work throughout the summer. Um, he's posting it up on his social media, so he's clearly clearly hungry to carry on the way the way he finished the end of last season into the new one. He's got a new manager to uh, to impress as well, but it's really encouraging that he's got that mindset and he, he wants to just hit the ground running for the new year. And uh, what's changed though? What with what? him? Because obviously, you know, we've seen him be hit and miss uh, both at Stoke at West Ham. I know he was played differently under Moyes. Did Moyes more, I think Moyes did well with. Arnautovic because we know about his temperament and, and whatnot. but has something changed has something clicked is something different maybe they've just put an arm around him and made him feel that it, he could be a big fish at West Ham you know I, I think that's I think that's what it is he's probably one of them players that needs just a bit of encouragement just a bit of love from the manager um, you know Moyes came in he didn't do anything really under Billage we kind of thought it was a bit of a waste of money and then all of a sudden Moyes came in he must have used some magic on him because he was. He pushed him centrally, amazing, didn't he? Yeah. He like he, he switched his role in the team, pushed him centrally, um, he, gave him that sort of you know that free role, that leading role up front, and and it seems to work. One is again, as you say, he's probably put an arm around as well, going like you, you you're my key man. You know you're the, you 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 need to be the star of this squad. And clearly, Billich wasn't doing that, but it's played him, you know played him a little bit too far out of position and. Um, didn't give him probably the love that he needs off the pitch for him to produce what he was doing on the pitch so you know Moyes has to take a lot of credit for that but obviously Pellegrini's you know learnt from that and he's playing in the same same position in pre-season so hopefully we see that in the new season as well yeah and I think with Pellegrini as well obviously he's like he's won the premiership and he's um, you know he's a quality quality manager and he's seen him he, you know he's probably studied him from from when Moyes took over you know and he knows exactly what he's got with him and he's just treat him exactly the same play him in a position that he's I mean he's he's, he's, he's going to play him up front and he? he's, he's scoring the goals at the minute is he yeah. your solution is he, he because the West Ham you know issue that's been there for what eight years now eight years is that can't find a striker that regularly bangs him in yeah. uh, bangs him in looks at it and, and you know will just simply stick the ball in the back of the net I mean the last person I'd say is probably Gorris rest, and Dean Ashton. I'd have loved yeah. to have seen Dean Ashton he really selling a West Ham shirt, but it just yeah. never happened for him. Well, I mean, that was down to that injury, horrible yeah. injury that he got for, uh, when he was Sean Mark Phillips, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Sean Mark Phillips. I think the club earned a little bit of money compensation through that. <laughs> of course but, they um, did. It's Golden Sullivan. It wasn't Golden Sullivan. Golden nah. Sullivan nah. It was the Icelandics. Nah. Yeah. Egg, Egg Magnuson. Was it the Icelandics or was it even before then? I think it might be the Icelandics. No, it was the Icelandics because it was when uh, his sponsor went bust midway through a season. That, that's happened quite a few times. XL Airways. <laughs> yeah, Do what you remember when it? it was all over the news and everyone was just like, oh, they just yeah. showed pictures of people just sitting at like airports just going, well, we were going Carrefour for two weeks <laughs> and, and now we don't know what we... <laughs> we I think we're going to get bust to Carrefour. You know, yeah. you, it, it was, I remember that really clearly. It was um, it was Dean Ash on that season. But he scored a great goal last game of the season at Old Trafford. No, like, it wasn't last game of the season. He scored it was the season after. He scored that overhead kick at Old Trafford. The overhead kick. He, was, he said since that that's the best goal he's ever scored in his career. Um, which I'm not Great surprising, goal. really, is it? But um, yeah, apart from Dean Ashton, though, we've not really had anyone. We had Terez for like, what, eight games of that season that he started scoring goals. Um, Who was the last player to score over 20 goals for West Ham? Teddy Sheringham, I think. Was it Sheringham? Yeah. Um, I think Teddy Sheringham, but that wasn't even in the Premier League. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. 
He might. What he about might, John Artson? He he I was going to say, we might have to go back to John Artson for that. John Artson, Paul Kitson, they, they, they was deadly well we spoke to someone uh, we spoke to Dean Ashton well we heard from Dean Ashton he spoke to Lostball recently about the Hammers signing so far as much stick as the owners have had I think you've got to praise them when they do something that's going to help the club and they have they've put their hands in their pockets and they haven't just gone for one massive signing they've kind of spread it along the team which I think was needed they needed more depth everywhere great goalkeeper Fabianski I think that's gone under the radar what a good signing that is Diop looks a strong centre back and then West Ham fans love a bit of flair and who better than a Brazilian in Anderson and Yarmolenko I think anyone that's watched Yarmolenko over the years knows that again on his day a bit like Arnautovic strong quick got great ability when he really wants to he could be a revelation for West Ham I'd agree with him on a lot of them points and I'd agree with him on the, on the point about the board especially Oh, yeah, yeah, but they put what well, they've had to really. A kind of they were pushed into a corner, and they had to. You can't make massive promises. To f- we're not stupid, like you just mm. you got you got to put your money where your mouth is. If, if they'd have, if they'd have gone into this pre-season and spent twenty million quid, like there would have been uproar. You know, yeah, absolutely, yeah, carnage. And you got you you got to speculate to accumulate. Like we're just saying outside every single spot in the Premier League. He's like worth an extra two million quid to the club. So like thirteenth, I was just saying to James outside, you think like we finish eighth, that's an extra ten million pound on top, do you know what I mean? That's that's a lot of money, do you know what I mean? They've got they've got to spend the money. Like we ain't gonna win the league. I don't, I don't, but we're gonna we're gonna give teams a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're gonna have teams come to us and they're gonna expect a game. I think the difference with what the board have done this summer is that they you haven't had David Sullivan or David Gold on on the radio going you know we're in a market where we want to spend £40 million on a striker uh, which they've done previously and that's ended up you know messing us up because then clubs go oh you know they start you know, rising the prices the asking yeah. price for their players this year they've kept quiet they bought in Manuel Pellegrini Pellegrini's clearly gone like oh, I want full control of this bring me bring me a director of footballing uh, done that, and they seem to have they seem to have just let let Pellegrini and his man get on with it. Um, and you know we, we've been rewarded with seven really really strong signings. Um, I would never have thought seven. I would never have looked at that. And there might be more to gone. come. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. That they're actually full on going for it. Yeah. yeah well, they, they, they you know as uh, Aaron said, they they needed to. Um, the the fans were getting to the point where without spending that sort of money without bringing in that sort of quality that you know that high class manager it, it you know it could have got a lot worse it could have got a lot worse if they'd re- renewed Moyes' contract for another season same old same old I think yeah but I what would the fans have done I, I don't know really I, you know like I think last time we was on we said that Moyes did a good job he kept us up it wasn't the most attractive football in the world but he, had, he did what he had to do I don't know you would hope that the board would have backed him and just let him crack on with it but he always had a reputation of being a bit of a diver when it yeah. comes to signing players so we could have just ended up again with one twenty million pound signing probably Pinar playing for us or Pinar <laughs> Brian Oviedo yeah we'd have Sarek, had like Seb, Seb Larson or Yacoubu yeah, yeah. yeah all of them we could have had them all I we, mean I always said when when it got to the stage we end the season I thought you know what he, he did what was asked of him, David Moyes, and I thought to myself, if they do offer him a new deal, then it might not be the, the worst thing in the world. Um, 
and I look back now and think, oh, thank God we didn't, because you know, we, I mean, you can't imagine David Moyes would have gone out there and and identified the likes of Balbuena, Isadio. It's not um, a case of identifying; it's a case of attracting them as well. Well, yeah, and there's that as well. You can like you can imagine him being on the phone to Philippe Anderson, going, look, you know, I really want to bring you to the football club, and you know, I, I can't imagine he would have he would have had that pulling power, that sort of attract attractiveness. Um, so I think the board, the board saw that. The board knew that the fans wouldn't be happy anyway, um, and they needed to make a change. But not just one, not just a change, but like a big change, a big statement, what? a statement they've been needing to make for a good couple of years now, um, and they've done it. So, from what I've heard from other podcasts and bits and pieces I listen to, that the deal for Pellegrini was done when Moyes shook their hand to take over as manager. That deal was done sort of October time for him to come in. So. Um, Obviously, when he came in, he said, I've been watching West Ham all season. You don't just sit and watch West Ham for no, the sake of it. No, not from Pellegrini, no. <laughs> no, there are a lot better clubs to watch than us, but um, he must have been doing his own work. He, he, obviously, he's identified the places that he, he's wanted to fill, and he's come in, hit the ground running, he's signed. I mean, in defence, how many defenders have we signed? Four? It's like three or four defenders, yeah. yeah he, he's noticed there's a weakness there. He's, he's signed the first signings were as well, weren't they? Yeah, it was clear absolutely. He came in, and may, maybe like, maybe you're right that the deal was done early, earlier than we thought it would have been because, and he had been watching the club because any manager looking at West Ham for that you know final part of the season going forward, we were all right. We were scoring goals. Yeah, it was at the back that we desperately needed sorting out. Oh, 56 goals last season. You yeah. can't you can't leak that amount of goals. You just can't yeah. do it. Yeah, and I think we were just lucky that we had the likes of Arnautovic, Lanzini when he was on you know he was on his game. Joe Maris was in the season was playing well. Yeah, um, and we had the goals in us, but you know we were still leaking them. And Pellegrini within what. A month he brought in Isidio, Ryan Fredericks, and Fabianski, and was like, Right, okay, that's done. Mm. So, you know, hope, hopefully, I mean, we're all excited now, um, it's all really promising, but hopefully, it, you know, we start seeing out on the pitch. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's an exciting time, but we've been here before. Haven't we? Are you nervous though? I am because I know I know what West Ham are like, and every West Ham fan will uh, is the same in that we've we've been here before where we've been excited going into a new season, and then some, more often than not we're we're let down one way or another. One way or another. Um, so there's always that element of doubt in my head. Um, I don't know, I don't know whether it's the same with you, Aaron. But I, I, do you know what? No, I think we'll be all right. I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I think I was. Do you know what I was excited last season when we signed Hernandez? I was on holiday and I was on the phone all the time going like, have you got him here, have you got him here? And I said to my missus, oh my God, we've signed Hernandez. And she was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was, to me, that was a, a massive marquee signing for us, do you know what I mean? And I thought, do you know what, we're going to hit the ground running that season and we was toilet. But the signings that he's made, the manager that we've got, do you know what, like, there's a lot of hope there now. Not, I don't think we'll go down. No, I don't think we'll go down. You even no. look at the bookies, like, I think we're, I think we're like 300 to 1 to win the league. I know that's just dreaming and we ain't going to win the league. <laughs> but when you look at the odds of us to go down, they're way off, like, do you know what I mean? We're, no, we're way out no. of that, sort of. I think we've got a manager and who's now building a squad. I know it's really early to say sort of how well that squad's going to do when we're playing in the Premier League. But he's building a squad on paper. We've got a manager with, with the right sort of calibre and the right sort of experience to, you know, to at least expect, you know... a a comfortable top 10 finish perhaps pushing a top 8 to begin with and if we can do that this season then there's no reason why we can't then build on that and perhaps then try and break into that top 6 I'm not saying it's going to happen straight away a lot of people will be listening going cool you know you might be punching above your weight yeah. there but you know you've got to aim big you've got you know there's not a lot of teams in there that are really trying I mean look at last season there wasn't a lot of teams really trying to push into that top 6 top 7 they weren't trying to compete 
Um, it was just the top six, and then Burnley were, you know, yeah, were up there. But no one really competed with Burnley, did they? So, um, hopefully, he's just got a three-year plan. He signed a three-year contract. Hopefully, he's laying out the foundations for the first year. You know, he's probably thought to himself, "Do you know what? Finishing the top ten, lovely. We'll go for a cup. Fantastic." And then second year, just building it. And building it again I mean you can't just have like the scattergun approach which they used to have where we just sign this that and the other yeah, just don't yeah, build like sticks together and works what is it 90 strikers in 8 years or something like we've that we've had about 400 but in, in 8 years 90 strikers is it that many I yeah wow well, it's that many we've had 90 strikers do you remember Guillermo Franco is it Guillermo Franco Guillermo Franco, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guillermo yeah. Franco. I could, I'm going to try and reel out some random ones. David Di Michele, yeah. Guillermo Franco, Elan, Elan, uh, Ricardo Vazte, Sam Allardyce's favourite. Oh, I liked Vazte. Vazte was good. Carl, yeah, Carlton Carl, always believe in your soul. Carlton Carl's a hero. Legend. We've just we've just had the producer. Come on, get your own mic. Don't 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 try and get it through me. Who who you come up with as well? Freddie Canute. Freddie Canuto, oh, I mean, that, that was a long time ago. He was, was like a long the, time ago. He was like the poor man's Henri. He was amazing. Man. He was a quality <laughs> player, though. He was silky. He went to Tottenham as well. <laughs> yeah. he? He, he was so smooth, wasn't he? He was brilliant. He's man. a good player. He used to, he used to do quite a funny little celebration, didn't he? <sighs> when he scored, like, just, like, just the hands oh, together yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember he missed a penalty against Arsenal. Um, and he literally hit straight the keeper right down the middle and we would have won that game we drew 2-0 in the end and we would have won that yeah. for some reason that's, that's the only thing that really sticks in my head from Canute uh, we get the best out of players then flog them to Tottenham Jermaine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ben, ben McCarthy Oh, he oh, was fantastic, McCarthy. he was. I remember when <laughs> Benny... <laughs> <laughs> was he not past it when he, when he came to West Ham, though? He past it? He wasn't at his best when he came to West Ham. Yeah, about that, mate. He was a funny one, though, because we wanted to sign him, didn't we, about three or four years beforehand, and it never went through. And then uh, we finally got the deal done, and there was all this big, like, hoo-ha. Like, finally, we got our man after all these years. And he was just, he turns up, he's like five, five stone overweight. <laughs> and he comes off the bench and it's like, what, what have we signed there? Are you sure that's Benny McCarthy? But it wasn't that the same with Kieran Dyer when he came to West Ham as well. It was just injury prone. We are. Well, we, well we Benny, Benny McCarthy was actually a really good player back in the day. Well, that's he was, he's a Champions League man, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was a good player. His name was actually Benedict. Was he really? Yeah, Benedict McCarthy. Yeah. And he played under Mourinho as well, didn't of he? Of course, he won, did, the, yeah. won the Champions League, yeah. which has a Mourinho, yeah. The thing with Kieran Dyer, though, you say that, but he, I think he broke his leg in like, his second appearance for West Ham. And after that, that was it. You yeah. know, and it was quite a horrible break, I so think. So it was just down to luck, you think, that, that poor luck. Oh, we just How many times did he break his legs over his career? I think it's like three times, maybe. Oh, that is unlucky. Because really. when he moved to QPR, he did the same thing on like his, sec- his second appearance. He broke his leg. Was it West Ham well. debut? Or was it a second game? So, I think it was a cu- it was a cup game. It was a second was that game. Just down to poor challenges, or was it just that the, the the bone was just gone to mush? That West all injuries. <laughs> yeah, the bones <laughs> made of jelly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think when he did that for West Ham, it was. Um, it was a poor challenge. I think we were playing like Chesterfield in the League Cup second oh. round or something. And away or home? It was away. Boggy field. Boggy probably, field. Yeah. And a player came in. And I think it was, uh, I mean, his first touch, only his second touch was the tackle, I think. And the player came in and, and, and done him. But it's just the way it ruined is. his career. I t- talking just in the break about the third kit, the one that a lot of people have been talking about on social media. Uh, it's been inspired from a, from a previous West Ham United kit, which ironically looks nothing like it. Yeah, um, yeah, they're not. There's nowhere near the same. <laughs> but I quite like this one. Um, 
when when the leaked image came out, it looks it looks a little bit dodgy. But now seeing the players in it, I think that doesn't. Sort of, it's just a little bit like a training kit, but third kits normally do, don't they? The thing is, I never really wear it anyway. Remember, they bought a Thames Ironworks kit. Yeah, that's going to be our third kit for cups, and obviously our record in cups. Was that the one where everything was sort of blanked out? Yeah, yeah, and you had the, yeah. you had the Union Jack on it, and um. It was going to be a cup kit, but obviously they wore it for one game. And that was yeah, that was it. Was it. <laughs> they were out of the cup, and that was it. <laughs> we, we were gone. Yeah. There was that. There was that time when we had that purple third kit. Was it the purple one or was it the black one? Where the club realised on the last day of the season that they hadn't used it at all, and obviously it's against Premier League rules not to. If if you bring out a kit, you have to wear it at least once because you're sending it to fans. And they realised at the last minute on the last day of the season that they hadn't used it, so they had to wear it at home. No, I think it was away in the end. Right. But but there was one where we bought a pur- the purple one out and we wore that at home in an FA Cup game just because they just needed an excuse to wear it. That's when we beat Everton on penalties. Adrian scored that, that oh, penalty. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like really weird just playing at home with a, with, with a purple kit. And purple's not even a West Ham colour. But, um, but I quite like these ones. I mean, all three kits this year. I mean, the away one's a little bit of a, a weird colour, isn't it? But Yeah, it's kind of grown on me. When I first saw it, I was like, that is disgusting. But now, the more I look at it, the more I think, yeah, do you know what? They've tried to do something a little different with it. I prefer having a white away kit with with claret flash mm. bits and blue flashes. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's, it's okay. The home kit I quite like, though. I, I, I don't know there's been a lot of people not liking it. Well, right? a lot, a lot of people have said, it. you know, cause, I mean, uh, traditionally it's got, you know, it should have a sky blue sleeve, shouldn't it? And they've gone all claret yeah. this year. And, you know, a lot, a lot of fans don't like it when we move away from like, being the, like the traditional look, especially yeah, now, obviously with the stadium moving the ch- change of crest and stuff. But I'm um, again, I really like it. Um, there isn't a single kit this year that I don't like. It's, do you know what? Yeah, but the boys of '86 home kit that was exactly the same. Exactly, that yeah. was a completely claret kit. That yeah. wasn't. Um, and no one really threw their arms up in the air. That's, That's one of my favourite West Ham shirts. That. Yeah, I got the away one. Yeah, I got. I yeah. did. A, I did. A, um, I did the stadium tour a few weeks ago. My, I say stadium, in April with um, Tony Cotty, and that was amazing. Just to go around with him, and he just chats away to you. It's just a really nice. You go out on the pitch, you sit in the dugout. I mean, it is a million miles away, like the pitch. It's about a five minute mm. walk from the dugout. But um, it's just to go around with a play, you sit in the dressing room, and you sit and talk to them about their experiences and best players and the players that g'd them up when they was playing and that. And it was just. I mean. I know a lot of fans don't like the London Stadium and it's, it isn't the greatest stadium in the world but to do that you kind of you kind of feel like you've, you've seen the workings of it's it It's quite you know. sad though when you as a fan are turning around going well it's not the greatest stadium in the world because in my opinion my, my club's ground is the greatest stadium in the world everyone has their opinion that their club's ground yeah, is the greatest yeah. ground in the world and I imagine you lot thought that about the Berlin so yeah. uh, never be the bowling nothing will ever match the bowling no. but um I don't think you can't be using an excuse anymore. It's, it's our stadium. We've been there two years, the third year there. You know, we've just got to get on with it now. I think a lot, a lot, we've spoken so much about it. A lot's been said of it about it. You know, we just need to, it, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah, I agree. We can't, you know, if it all goes wrong this season, it's not, not nothing to do with the stadium. So, we just then have what to, is it to do with? Well, we'll have to find out, wouldn't we? Um, unless the stadium falls down while we're playing. I mean, I, I just don't think you can. You can blame the stadium anymore. The first season, yeah. Last year, I don't think we could have done it last year either because we'd already had a year in it. They were training on it once a week to get used to the size of the pitch. So, um, I think if, if it all goes wrong this year, then it's going to you, you have to look at the players. You have to look at the, the manager. You have to look at what's going on behind the scenes. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, as we've already said before, you know, earlier on, I don't think it's going to happen on the Pellegrini and the players that you signed, but. 
I think we just need to move on now from the stadium. It's, it's, it's done. Yeah, agree. Like, I mean, that's why we did the stadium tour. Like, just to get around it, you go and see all the players' lounges, you go and sit in the dressing room. The only, the only thing I would say is, is that they've got no control over the dressing room sizes, so West Ham got a massive... I don't know whether you've done it, James, but the dressing room is huge. Yeah, yeah I've seen it. Yeah. It's huge. But the away team have got exactly the same luxuries, which is kind of like you want to sort of... You want to make their dressing room smaller. You want to make it intimidating for them. You want to turn the hot water off and have the cold water and have cold mm. showers. You want to psycho- psychologically get into their brains, you know? And um, But they can't do that because even Tony Cotty was saying that the thing, the club are restricted in what they can do inside the stadium yeah. as well. And um, Which I kind of think, like, if you are... If you are the if you are the main people that use it, you should really have a little bit of say on how you want the dressing rooms to be. But I suppose that's just their hands are tied a little bit. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I think it will change. Though. I think eventually we will we will get into some deal where we you know where we want to buy it or we want to you know maybe increase mm. how much we pay a year so that we get more control over what goes on. I don't know, but I know the, you know I know eventually there's going to be some you know I think the club are going to look at buying it eventually yeah, I don't think uh, I think once the the Commonwealth Games happens in um, uh, is it Birmingham Birmingham yeah they look, they're already looking at moving you know the home of athletics to Birmingham once that happens which means then you know th- that stadium's going to be used even less that gives us more leverage to go look it'd be interesting what? though you say that Birmingham City always touting to build a new ground do you remember all the super casino projects and whatnot yeah that they were always turning to, to build a new ground the last three times we've had major athletics tournaments here two football clubs have moved into a ground i yeah. would not put put your money on it going straight to athletics i'll put your money on a club taking it because look man city took the the the, the city of manchester stadium yeah, in the commonwealth yeah. games yeah you know obviously you mob have taken the uh the the london stadium and then you know i i still reckon birmingham city could take that you know but- i wouldn't be surprised believe our producer outside has just completely deconstructed that theme do you know how legendary that song is but, yeah come on but it's just the ver- is that the original version of it no the original yeah, well, version from go. the 1913 uh, on my alexa when i asked them to play it was dame vera lynn rogers and hammerstein yeah of yeah. course well, no, this, this one just has kind of a, a funk kind of vibe to it you this know this is the one the club uses though isn't it yeah. the one the club uses yeah 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 no i just it's a real uh, classic yeah, well, yeah, but as I said, it's the it's the version of it, and it just kind of starts off kind of really funky, kind of a, a parliament. You know the group, uh, the funk group Parliament, no? <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. Mate. Look them up, look them up, and they kind of have a groove, kind of funk style. <laughs> you know? No, not disrespecting the song or anything. It's just that no, version, no, you know. No, it's no. funny. <laughs> fair, fair play. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you for that, Paddy, mate. You know, I, you know, I have a lot of West Ham knowledge there, don't I? You know. <laughs> Cheers to that insight, mate. Nice one. Um, 
Yeah, we're talking all things West Ham tonight. My name's Aaron Paul, four minutes past nine o'clock across London. Joining me is James Jones and Aaron Chick as well. Um, Chicho, you were saying... Uh, yeah. Chicho, Chicho, it's a scouse version. Um, we were talking about the the, the potential stadium in, yeah. in Birmingham. Potential, potential Olympic stadium in Birmingham or athletics stadium in Birmingham. I mean, in my opinion, I can just see it being another one of those jobs where it is given to a football club or sold to a football club or leased to a football club, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, no, you're probably right. I mean, but when I looked at, I was watching the anniversary games the weekend. First anniversary games that happened, they sold 56,000 tickets. They just sold just under 20,000 tickets, this one. And it's just going down and down and down. Like it's just so I can understand we need an athletics hub or a stadium, but once the initial furore of that Olympics has died down, you know you could end up with the anniversary games next year with a ten thousand people. Less than ten thousand, yeah. And uh, you know it's no disrespect to athletics because it's great. Because my mum and dad used to take me to Crystal Palace all the time to watch it, but uh, they're never going to sell out. 56,000 again unless they have a major well this this is where this is where they went wrong from the very start when we first got that Olympics they should have gone right eventually we're going to move we're going to move the home of athletics to Crystal Palace it, well we, it's, it, we're going to maybe maybe redevelop well, Crystal Palace Spurs offered to knock it down and rebuild it didn't they when they was interested in what they should have done they should have done what they did at, uh, with the Etihad or with the City of Manchester Stadium where they've gone right Man City, you're going to have this stadium, or mm. they would have done a bidding process to see which London club took the London stadium. Come right at the end of this, it's going to be a football stadium, but and we're going to build it so that it can be redeveloped into a football stadium straight away with a little bit of work. Yeah. Right. Instead, Lord, it's, it's, was it Lord, Lord Coe was the one that went. No, it's got to be an athletic. Yeah, no, but you know for a fact that he's not. He's now. not exactly going to turn around and go. No, it's me a football ground because athletics is, is his, his thing. Bag, it? Yeah. Exactly, and you know he knows for a fact that I'm sure he'll be involved in any deal that's brokered with that ground. But with, with the city of Manchester Stadium, don't forget there was only ever going to be one tenant there yeah. because. At that point, Oldenberry, Stockport, all those smaller clubs were struggling with ITV Digital. The mm. one club that had a tiny bit of money about them and a bit of a fan base because they could sell Main Road was Man City. United were never going to move out of Old Trafford because mm. they got space to expand. So it was always a one-man show. It was always going to be a case of City or no one. To be fair, City didn't even really need to move out of Main Road, did they? No. You know, no. No, they didn't need to do it, but they did it because they got the option. And look at it now. They haven't even bought the ground and they're extend extending it. The owners are minted. They haven't even bought the ground. They still lease it off of Manchester City Council. They do, and yeah, no, from from I mean from what I've heard from other podcasts as well regarding athletic stadiums. I mean the owners of Man City plough a lot into the area as well. So they, they do they put. Well, I mean they built the Etihad campus. That's it. They, they, they they've spent money to put roots in that area they've spent I mean they've got the money to do it you know I think the thing is that's, that sticks with people with us is to obviously we get it cheap and we don't but like I've, I said to you before like you know we get a lot of stick for it but to be fair we rent it for 28 days of the year it's not like we're in it 365 days of the year but the, the club yeah. shop is open isn't it every day um, the club shop's open yeah the club shop surely there's there are offices in there there are yeah. offices, yeah. There you go then. So you went to 365 days a year. You but can't the, the, rent the, part the actual of lease says, was it 20, was it 28, 28 days? 28, 28 games, yeah. 28 matches. Is that days, renting yeah, the right. surface or renting the, the, this is the inner surveyor in the oh, we, we, don't, we don't even own the corner flags and stuff from my road. We, the, the goals, the corner flags and, and stuff. We don't, don't, know, anything there. There. We don't no. know anything in there. 
But perhaps so. this this is where this is where the club probably need to start opening some uh, some conversations. Can look, I mean, we can afford to pay more. We can afford to pay more. If if we went there and went, okay, we'll double it or we'll triple what we pay a year. I mean, because let's say right, it's going to be still still going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than it would be if we actually had running costs. Yeah, yeah. And and going right, okay, now that gives us license to to make some modifications to the stadium that allows us allows it to be more like a football stadium, feel like a more like a football stadium, improve the match day experience for the fans. The you know the watching experience for the fans, but we know that's a long way off I think the proof will be what happens with Birmingham and whether they do decide to move athletics up to Birmingham when after the Commonwealth and you know because they're tied or, in, or they go it's going to be a football stadium and then if, if it is then you know well, that's going to be us and, and the BAA t- they're tied into the Olympic Stadium aren't they for another I don't know five six years it's five, I think it's another five years yeah it? they're yeah. tied into it then after that then you know what do they do after that do they Look to move a, a, a athletics up to Birmingham. I don't know. Well, they're, they're losing money. As, I mean, yeah. c- clearly by the fact that they've you know they can't sell they're selling twenty thousand for the, the anniversary games. Do you know what I went? They're to losing West- a hell of a lot of money. I took my daughter up to Westfield on on Saturday, and I completely forgot that the anniversary games was on. And do you know what? It made no difference to me getting in there whatsoever because on a match day of West Ham, you know they're playing at home mm. because that Westfield is heaving. The athletics was on, and you had the hockey World Cup starting there as well just over the road to be fair you wouldn't have even you wouldn't have even noticed apart from a few fans walking around with hockey shirts on you would never have known there was a big big athletics meet going on at the stadium and that's, that's it's quite sad for athletics but it's it also shows that the hunger for it at the Olympic Stadium has probably waned slightly I, I don't think it's just the fact it's the Olympic Stadium I think just the hunger for it isn't what they thought it would be after the Olympics is okay, it, is it, is it dying like right, right, the dogs what athletics? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's dying up dogs, but uh, I think no that they just overestimated how many people would genuinely want to go and watch the athletics every single year or two or three times a summer or whatever. Um, never before, in apart from it, like Olympics events when when we've had them, which is what twice. Um, when was the last time you had th- like thirty, forty thousand people turn up for an athletics, mate? I just don't think they've got the stars that draw the public in anymore. I mean, Usain Bolt retired. You've got Jessica Ennis retired. You've got Mo Farah's now gone to marathon running instead of track racing. I think if you had them stars there, then maybe you would have sold forty thousand tickets, fifty thousand tickets just to see Bolt. Just, just for the one day that they're turning up, though. Absolutely, not just, for the entire, exactly. the entire thing. And but that's what I kind of think that. I think British Athletics is starting again from from the start again, isn't it? Because their major stars have now sort of moved off and retired yeah, and bits and pieces like that. They, they, the they rode they rode that wave of you know the whole London twenty twelve and yeah. you know what that. And, and it now, wasn't well, that was that was six years ago, and the people have just gone well. Actually, but they talk use the word legacy a lot. They do, but legacy is such an overused word when it when it comes to something being built. The legacy of this, the legacy of that, legacy, well, legacy, half, legacy. Half the legacy of the Olympic Park was knocked down. And built, um, flats were built on it. I mean, it's just the, the the velodrome, the swimming pool, and the stadium still standing now, isn't it? Alfie, copper you've been box. The velodrome. I've never actually, re- I've never actually been. I've been in the copper box. Oh, the copper box still. Copper box is still there. Yeah, copper box. I've been, I've, I've been in the swimming pool. No, I've never been. I, I went to watch the Paralympics there. Paddy, you go, you go swimming in the swimming pool, don't you? Down at the Olympic Park. I have been just twice now I have been there because you, you, you live next to West Ham's ground yeah literally I live uh, it's more towards West Ham uh, um, Park that I live you know the big big park there in West Ham like you know the greenery there yeah, yeah. so I'm only what a 10 
15 minute walk away from the Olympic Stadium there so yeah there's amazing facilities I was in awe when I first came over here I don't have that where I'm from in Ireland I'm from a small town so you know it was amazing to me and just the fitness facilities around the park is amazing and it's great to see that football has been brought there in my opinion as well because I'm just like literally a stone's throw away from a game that I can go into any time of the week and it's if you have people coming into the area because I think there has been an influx of people moving into the area it's a great incentive for them to go do a bit of training and to go to a game um, at the weekend when they're off you know yeah do you know what it is it's an amazing place to walk around like exactly when I was yeah. driving around there with my daughter she said oh there's some festivals going to be on soon and you think like tell what I've never actually got out of my car and walked round take you a while yeah, yeah, I've, I've, ne- yeah I've never yeah. done it and you know it's one of them places I've always because they've developed it so much and yeah. it's it is an amazing space I mean they have the beach there in the summertime so you can take the mm. kids down there it's, it's an amazing place um yeah, I, I think the legacy will always live on, whether there's athletics there or not, because they developed it so much. There's so much, there's so much sort of they've changed the infrastructure so people can cycle. There's yeah. cycle paths. There's bits and pieces people. Can, so the legacy just doesn't have to be a stadium. It, it's the whole area is exactly. Is exactly. From I love how they're making it though into the stadium, especially just the little morals they have to the likes of Bobby Moore outside there. They have his name painted and the trophies that he's won. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As well, there's in, there's engravings in the ground. I think that fans, think, can, yeah, fa- fans could buy bricks for yeah. that. And that, that stuff that's like that's that's a great incentive as well to get the fans in, involved with the yep. stadium, involved with the club, and the to make it more the homely. Yeah, but you'll never replace the bowling ground. No, absolutely not. Never. No, but you can do your best to make the new stadium feel like go home and, and I, make the fans you know engage with it and, and 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 enjoy coming there i bet it's but i bet it's fans at man city that still think fondly of main road but yeah. then they've got this gleaming stadium that they've been for i don't know how long how long have man city been in two i think it's yeah, 16 years 16 years so but there's probably fans that it's ingrained in them that main road main road will, was will great be though home. main road was great the, dif- the difference with city though is that they've had 16 years to create memories yet he had they've we've won had, t- titles there they've won titles there Absolutely, we've yeah. only had two years at London Stadium we've, we've only what um, what a couple of wins over a Chelsea and a win over Spurs to really remember um, so is this your new stadium to make yeah. memories sorry is this the new stadium to make those memories I think so yeah I mean you, you can't truly really appreciate and, and learn to love your home unless you've got memories memories there it is so yeah. I mean it takes a little while to, to bed in but I think um, perhaps this year is the, is the year I think I really a new I chapter in the West Ham book hopefully uh, you know so far so good yeah it's been a rough couple of years for them there but um, I just want to have a Saturday when I can come out the ground phone my missus up and she goes to me how'd you get on because normally it's like are oh, we lost oh really what car are you having now I just want to come out when you do come out and you're bouncing everyone's chanting yeah. you, and you think to yourself this this is it when we beat Tottenham that, that, when we beat them 1-0 that, that last season back and everyone says we, we stopped them from winning the title when you come out it was like we won the European Cup like, I know people say it's our cup final but you want that sort of want, week yeah. in week out not just the Tottenham's you want to beat the Leicesters the Southamptons you, you want to beat these you teams you want to beat everyone you want to win as many Absolutely. games every team wants to beat everybody do you know possible. what I mean was the 3-0 home defeat by Burnley was that the kick up the backside that West Ham needed to go and get a well established manager to make these seven signings so far this summer was that the kick was that the point where things had to change and why wasn't it done earlier I think I think that that day 
um, was probably the, the starting point to sort of where, where you see us now. Yeah. Um, I don't think, given the, the season that Burnley had um, and how well they were playing, I don't think, you know, I think had it could have been any team beating us 3 0 that day. Yeah. And you would have still seen the protests, you would have still seen the bad, but you know, the negativity, you would probably have seen exactly the same thing happen. Um, it just happened to be that Burnley and a lot, a lot of people in a lot Burnley and a lot of people's eyes are, are still just little old Burnley. A lot of people forget they were in a good season last year. Yeah, yeah they were yeah. a good side when they turned up, um, and they beat us three 0 They deserved to beat us three 0 We had a bad game, um, but you're right. That, I think it was that day um, and that game that really that really made the owners stand up and saw the fan reactions, fans running on the pitch. And I thought, I mean, I don't, I think the fans contributed to that final scoreline that day because yeah. um, those those pitch invasions happened at 1-0 um, and we still could get in, get back into it at 1-0 but then after that it all went, you know, it all went wrong. But, like that's that's it. Like it's great to see the passion from the fans, but when they're creating a toxic atmosphere for players and even fans that don't get involved in in those type of protests, you know something needs to change from the close perspective there as well. And I presume that's why they've made these signings so the fans won't protest again. Yeah, or have to protest against. Yeah, I kind of think because that was the day that this big march was supposed to have happened as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that that, that yeah. got called off. For one reason or another, yeah. yeah that no one really knows the ins and outs of why it got called off, but for one reason or another, it got called off. And the fans just wanted to vent their frustrations. And, you know, you, if the demonstration had gone ahead, you might not have seen the scenes that you had inside the stadium. Mm. But I think a lot of the fans sit there and they watch Golden Sullivan sitting in their little ivory tower up there, you know, with his <laughs> Cossack hat on and whatever. Why does he wear that hat? Oh, he's strange, isn't it? Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's just a strange guy. Yeah, but I just, they needed to vent. That, and going 1-0 down, that was just the fuse. And I, I'm, I, 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 I can't condone anybody running onto a football pitch. It should never happen. Yeah. Ever. But... You know, the way the stadium is, it, it just made it easier for the fans. The way that stadium is built, you can just walk straight along that concourse and be underneath there. And if that's what they want to do, they're willing their rights to do it because they pay week in, week out, home and away, these people go. And, you know, your, your, your club is run like a circus. And I think that day was the day that, not just like the ball, but like the press took notice as well. And they actually, they kind of sided with the fans as well because a lot of the the articles you read, you know, you, you listen to Sunday Supplement and pieces like places like the, the the reports are going. Look, we can't condone them going onto the pitch, but we can understand why they've done it. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. I think what what that day did was really amplify to the rest of the country um, exactly what was going on because I think a lot of people really understood what was going on at West Ham. All you ever got was that day. typical West Ham. Blah, blah, blah. They do this, they do that. They've always been animals. And this is coming from, like, I was getting it from my brother-in-law. He's a Millwall fan. You think, like, you've got some front telling me that. But, <laughs> you, but you kind of... But that's... You're painting with that brush. But when something like that happens and then the press go, do you know what? These fans have been put under the cosh for so many years under these two these two owners. You know, they're well in their rights. They, they can't run onto the pitch. Yeah. Obviously, the people get banned. Blah, blah, blah. But... It was that first time they took notice, and it was an horrible scene when you see Trevor Brooking just sitting there by himself in that director's box, and that man has got a stand named after him, he's a legend, he, and you can just see it in his eyes. You know, you've got to, 
you've got to go in there and go look that chaps you've got to look That's at this. something out yeah look at what's happening to our club you supposedly love it and do you know do what? something about do you it know what? it wouldn't surprise me if trevor brookin went in there at some point said to david golden david sullivan this this isn't happening this is happening for a reason you need to take one look at yourselves and go look we need to, we need to fix this because this club is falling apart well, around you and yeah. it was at the time is, is it possible it that he did because there you go a new manager a Premier League winning manager yeah. a successful manager he's done one, wonderful things in Spain with Villarreal especially um, he, he, someone obviously said something or the fans got to them and it's great to see if the fans got to them that the club actually listened because not many clubs listen to their fans these days don't they and that's why support is lost yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, the thing is, like we said before, they've wanted to move to this great 56,000 stadium, which means you're going to attract 20,000 more people that you got at the bowling ground. You know, that's 20,000 more voices that are, that, that are turning up week in, week out. You know, you could never get... These are probably 20,000 people that wanted to come week in, week out, but you only held 35. Now you've got 20,000 extra voices there that are giving their opinion. And they're entitled to give their opinion because they pay good money. They take their kids, they spend their money in the club shops, they buy the first, second, third kids, they spend a fortune. So they're well in their rights to say, look, do you know what? We ain't stupid. We know how much rent we pay. We know how much the club earns through the TV rights. You know, shirts ain't going to make us a fortune but no. we know how much clubs and we're not stupid. Well, it was a record profit last year wasn't it absolutely yeah mm. yeah yeah i think i think what happened last year with the fans and the protests and because it wasn't the only day there was protests as well i mean no. there, there were there were more peaceful protests outside the ground after that game um which, every week you win you get a leaflet in yeah you were getting a leaflet and you know there was a lot of fan movement a lot of you know um you know fan run websites and forums and that coming together i mean i was involved in, in a little bit of that and you know i think the, the, it got to the point where the club couldn't do anything but listen to the fans and listen to what they wanted and listen to their concerns and go actually no we need to do something about it what's the expectation then for this season are we looking for europa are we looking for you know, um, making sure we're safe. Are we looking to potentially make an assault on Europe? Are we looking for mid-table? Um, I'll tell you what, let's hear from Dean Ashton. He was at the launch of the EFL Highlights coverage by Quest. Dean is one of the pundits for the upcoming season. And he spoke about the prospects and uh, potential for West Ham for the season. They've already made enough signings for me to strengthen the squad. What they didn't have last year was if someone got injured, they didn't have the quality to come in. Whereas I think already you can see that they've got that and that there is going to be competition for places and you need that in the top team. I don't see them suddenly flying up and, and challenging for top six, but I see them having a much better season and hopefully being a lot more exciting to watch, which there hasn't been that for quite a few years. So what is it going to be then? Well, I, I think the biggest mistake we can make is is try and run before we can walk, and that was the problem we've had over the last two years. We've tried to be doing yeah. too much too quickly since moving to that stadium. Um, I think that, as you said a little bit earlier, Aaron, that you know this first year is going to be Pellegrini just laying the foundations, and I think with the signings that we've made, I don't, I think we can we can expect to be batting in at around tenth. Yeah, I reckon uh, maybe pu- maybe pushing eighth. You know, even if you finished eleventh, I wouldn't be too too disheartened at it. You know, I, I think what what we need, what I would like to see, and what um, I think a lot of West Ham fans like to see, is just a season where 
we're not looking over our shoulder. We're not uh, at any point worried about, you know, oh God, we might go down if you have a poor run of results. Or we go into a month where we're playing a lot of, a lot of, you know, top six clubs. I think there is one of those maybe March, I think we've got. Yeah, we have one every season. And, um, it'd be nice to go into that month where we're playing the likes of Man City, Arsenal, Man United or something in a, in a row and go, you know what, if you lose these three, then we're not in trouble. And I think many a time in, in previous years, we've, we've, there has been a moment in, in, in our season where we've gone, we could go down. Um, whether that's, you know, if it all goes, well, or we're in like real danger of going down or whether, or whether it's like oh, we could potentially go down. I think a season where we're, we're comfortable, we're, safe hitting the 40 point mark quite early on and then and then pushing on from there and you know if you have a good start to the season and we had this at the last year at the bowling didn't we we had a good start to the season and that then after that we, we really rode we rode that way for the rest of the season didn't we and I think if we can have a good start I know, I know we're away to Liverpool but if we can have a good start this year I think that will set the tone for the rest of the season so like keeping up with that squad depth is going to be huge in having a successful season like in terms of getting rid of people who would you like to see leave or who would you like to stay I, I presume you, do, you you want as much players to stay for that squad uh, depth to mm. stand this season yeah I know they're talking about getting releasing players I know Kawhi's been linked with Crystal Palace if I'm being honest with you it 10 million quid I'll drive him to Sellers Park personally. I love Chaco Kawhi you know he, he, he <laughs> He has his moments, but like he's too lazy. He doesn't very, track very back. Very lazy, yeah. He's not like the marauding midfielder that he was. He's just, you know, if someone's going to take ten million quid for him, what's take what's, it. what's wrong with him? What, where's it, where's I, it gone wrong? I think he's just in his head. I, 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 I don't think he's just got the drive there. I don't know what it is. He's just, he just, he seems to have lost a bit of pace. He's just his first year. I don't know whether playing under. Some, like playing under Moyes and in that system, playing under Billich in that second season. I don't know whether you know it just this. I don't know whether he was being asked to play a play a certain way mm. or change, tweak his game a little bit, which put him out. You know, because that first year that he had at West Ham under Allardyce, um, that you know he was brilliant. We've got yeah, cool. we had a, it was eight million quid. I thought we've had a bargain. Yeah, eh? amazing. But. I don't know, he's, as you say, he's gone off the ball a little bit and last year he's incredibly lazy at times. Yeah, he just... When you looked at him on the pitch, you must think Moyes must have been looking at a different game because you're shouting and screaming, get him off, get him off, get him off. And Moyes must have seen something completely different from the rest yeah, of us training, yeah. with Kawhi, do you know what I mean? But well, he, he thought that Rio Ferdinand and Nemanja Vidic should really look at Phil Jagielka. So I think he sees a lot of different things sometimes. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, ten million quid for him wouldn't really dishearten me if he went. Antonio, me and James were saying outside for all his good bits, his pace and that. And I think we spoke about it on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's just injury prone. So if someone's going to offer fifteen million for him, and you know, good luck to him, let him go somewhere else. I'd, I'd rather have a, a mm. fit player. If he was fully fit all the time, wouldn't even bother me keeping yeah. him. I, I think he's, he, he weighs him, with, he, weigh, he can weigh him with five, six, seven goals a season. He's got that pace. Um, but I just think he's just too injury prone, if I'm being honest with you. Those two players, though, seem to have moments of magic, though, don't they? I remember Kuyate, did he get the equaliser against uh, Arsenal last year with an unbelievable goal? I don't know, was it at the Emirates or was it at the London Stadium? But uh, you were one nil down to Arsenal, and he came out, came out of the bag with the, this unbelievable equaliser, and it got you a point. It, it did, but they're like they're moments that have been few and far between. Yeah, so you know what I mean? You want, yeah, you want consistency yeah, yeah. With, with a player, you know. And he's he's been 
more inconsistent than consistent for the last two seasons. So, you know, what do we pay for him? Eight million quid. You mm. flog him to Crystal Palace for ten million pound. You're making two million, two million, profit, million quid yeah. on him. What about Sam Byram? He was one that was brought to the club with uh, big potential from Leeds United. I think he's only made like 27 appearances oh, since the 2015, like 2016 season. I must be the only person that likes him. I thought, I thought he, he does I, a job when he comes I on. I think uh, he's another one that's been really unlucky. Um, when we signed him, we signed him in that January. Um, and we, he then he came on as a sub, got a yellow card, and that was his 10th yellow card of the season. He got nine for Leeds. So he spent two games out suspended. Came back for two games and then got injured for two yeah. months. So he had a real stop start to his career. His first six, seven months at West Ham was really stop start. And then, and then after that, he really struggled to keep, hold down the first team place. Sometimes he's looked good, sometimes he hasn't. But I don't think he's had a long, long enough run in the team to really. For, for anyone to really make a, a good enough judgement on whether he's been a good or a bad sign, I think he's been yeah. an okay sign. He's not been bad, but you know, I think uh, he probably needs to leave now. He's been around too long. Was it three, four years now? He's you know he's probably been around too long without playing often enough to to really want staying for long longer. If you know what I mean? Would he would he do, would he f- uh, flourish under Manuel Pellegrini? Do you think Manuel Pellegrini would be able to get the best out of him? I think one more season wouldn't go. Maybe, I mean like. A season, keep him at the club for a season, see He's if he flourishes well, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, just see if he flourishes a little bit. I, like I said, I, I quite like the guy. I, I think he, whenever he comes and he's he's done an all right job. You know, I'd, I'd, I would keep him and just, even if he kept him till January and just run the rule over him for half a season. Yeah. And then just maybe, you know, just sell him it's, on it's then. Not, he's not a bad squad player, right? No, he's, he's a good I player. Like, I, I think he's a good, like, again, he's, he's another one of them buyers that came in and has never really been given the chance. Mm. It's like everyone laughs about Hugo as well. No one's actually ever seen him play. <laughs> no. No. no and, and so you spend nine million quid on a player, like, you but you, you wonder why they were bought, why they bought him. And yeah, it was just a they, weird they bought, signing. I think they man. bought him on deadline day, didn't they? Because um, yeah, but that's not going to appease the fans, is it? We bought well, the, fa- the, fan, the fans were desperate for someone, and they needed to make they needed to make a signing of some sort. And it was clear that that was the backup to whatever they were trying to do. That whatever they were trying to do fell through, and they were like, right, we better just get this guy. And otherwise, you know, the fans are going to have a go. And then when they did announce him, everyone went, "Are you having a laugh?" But then they 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 they, they, they advertise him as like an Andy Carroll esque sort of player. But when Andy Carroll was injured, sling him on then and just. Give him a go. Like, well, they did sling him. Like, they did. He did sing him a couple of times, but it was on like, the eighty seventh minute. Yeah, and so, like, what are you going to do? Go and close down a game. Like. Yeah. Well, yeah, and just I kind of feel sorry for the guy. Really, it's not. I just think it was one of them panic buys, transfer window shutting, we'll get him in. He's thinking to himself, happy days, I'm in the premiership, I'm playing for a premiership press, club. Press, press, well, isn't it, didn't he have this thing where he, he did like a little video, like, hi, mum, I'm at West Ham now, I'm in the Premier League or something. Yeah, and you think, like, he's well made up for that. And now, he's looking like he could be going off Well, I've, I've been elsewhere. told, I've been told that he's impressed Pellegrini. In pre-season so far, and I mean he hasn't played much pre-season, but but surely there's a place up for grabs now because Carroll's injured again. Hopefully yeah. off. He has when, to be gone. Though, when you talk about players that want to go, like I just, I sat at James House. That man has nicked a living. Yeah, absolutely. And I know he scored like he's got his picture on the side of the stadium doing that bicycle kick against Crystal Palace, but that is just one goal. Yeah, Do you know he's he is a nuisance when he comes on, but. Yeah, that's far. I mean, like I said before, I've lost respect for him when he started slacking off the fans. As soon as you do that, yeah, I mean, it, it's gone. it's sad because, as you said, on his on his day, Andy Carroll 
for me, is one of the best at what what he does. Um, you know, he's a handful. He's outstanding in the air, but he's 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 got great footwork as well for for a big man. I mean, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but for a big man, he's got superb footwork. <laughs> very good, yeah. And uh, and you know, I, he's he is a very good player, but the, his problem is he can't get himself fit for long enough. He's probably using that footwork a bit too much on nights out now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, I've I've, se- I've seen him out a few times. Would you say uh, he's a bit of a dancer, Paddy? I'd say uh, he's a bit of a dancer. Right? What's that Groover. song? Yeah, that's it. A groove. So he's probably danced to, to, to the to that bubble version show, of yeah, the bubble the blown bubbles. Yeah. yeah, it's probably what he does. Saturday night he's in the dressing room. His body popping. <laughs> yeah, living a dream. Does his ankle in? It's just like a. He's like a third choice keeper. Somehow he's just making a living. How many games does he sit out, and then he might come on and make an appearance, and he lives off that one goal he might score. Oh, he'll come 10, on. He'll come on. Whenever he comes on, the fellas I sit with I always go. He'll score, Andy Carroll. He comes on. He'll bang a goal in. We did it last season a couple of times. Yeah, all's forgiven. Really, really like sort of crucial goals. Oh. He was coming off the bench and scoring. But L- again, I think if they get if someone comes in and says, "Oh, we'll take him off your hands for 10, 15 million, I think we pay fifteen million for but it. Who would yeah. though? Because obviously, again, you know what? Us fans, we never look at the fact that you know clubs have to pay insurance on these players, yeah. and his insurance premiums must be through the roof. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've someone told me uh, earlier today actually that. They can't, they, obviously, they can't offload him in January. Uh, sorry, in the summer because he's injured. Uh, they're going to they look. They're going to look to loan him out in January for six months and let him go for free next summer. Cause he's got a year left in his contract. Just so let him go, just because they know no one's going to pay the money for him and just go get him off the wage bill, man. So they're going to try and loan him out in January. But that's that's if he's fit. If he's fit enough to get a deal, then you know I think they're going to try and loan him out. Didn't they offer him to a Chinese club? I don't know. I think they didn't have from a Chinese club. No, it wasn't. It was one it Bishtiktas, a, a, a Turkish club. I think I've You can see him doing that. something like that, though. You know, going abroad somewhere like Mallorca or Bishtiktas or Fenerbahce. Mallorca's probably if you can get moved to Mallorca. Somewhere, somewhere warm, somewhere warm where where you know the food ain't bad. Plus, still America's United. Where? Tenerife, Plas Pl- America, America's United. Yeah, Mar- Tenerife. UD Marbella. Yeah, yeah, he'd love it. Yeah. Yeah. UD yeah, Marbella. Yes, love sport. Ready? Is it final? Is, is the final was being blown at uh, at the Bescot? Yeah, all done. Three one win for West. Three one. Happy. Yeah, uh, it shouldn't have been a one. No, should have kept a clean sheet. Yeah, I think. Nice. I think we. It's the first, probably the most, probably the most convincing pre-season game we've had so far. Um, I mean, I know Villa. Uh, sort of They've got their troubles at the moment, but they're still not a bad. Squad. On paper, they've got a nice little squad going on there. So, so for us to go in there and beat us, beat them three ones. By all accounts, it's a comfortable, comfortable victory. Um, not with the strongest team as well. So, so you can ask for it, isn't it? Yeah, Just I mean, what's put in front of you? We got Ipswich Saturday, haven't we? I know we got them at Portman Road Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I was looking. Anyone going? I'm on holiday. So, are you? Oh, okay. No, I'm not there. No, I'm not there. Why? No, I've got plans. Saturday's a football pal. Yeah, no, not at the moment. My wife won't have it now. It's pre-season, but when it gets to the season, then I can get my Saturdays back. Fair enough. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm under strict orders, but you know, I've got plans, plans on Saturday. But he's, he's going to scout Andy Carroll a new club. I am. Yeah, I'm going to uh, um, Menorca Mahon FC is the local team out there. So, I will try and um, I'll try and tat him out there somewhere. There you go. Um, Mikel Antonio getting on the score sheet tonight. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, good for him. I yeah. think I think again what I've read he's he, he likes him um, Pellegrini I think he'd like to run the ball over him until he, maybe January he's another player that 
will can fit into this team the way Pellegrini likes to play, um, and he, you know there's room for him in this in this team. It's just whether one he's willing to potentially play in a rotate like be be part of a rotation role. Um, or whether you know, or whether, if the club can get a good good bit of money for him, then you well, know, Palace is the one that's been touted. Palace has been touted yeah, for a long time. You know, yeah. but this, this is this is the thing. I mean, I think what Antonio offers, he, we should be looking to getting twenty million quid for him, because on his day, um, he, he offers a lot. I mean, some. I mean, I, I've always said that sometimes you, you never really know whether he's in control of the ball or not when he's running with it. But he always produces, as you said. Um, he always pops up the back post with a little header. He can finish. Um, he's got pace. He's explosive. Um, the only question mark is his, his ability. A little bit like Andy Carroll, not as bad as Andy Carroll, his ability to stay fit. Yeah, yeah. Towards the last season or so, he's had his injury issues. But still, I, I, I mean, given the market that it is today, if I'm West Ham, I should be going right. You, you want twenty million? We want twenty million quid for him. If you can't stop up twenty million quid, then he's staying because um, we can still use him. Bowler, I mean, he scored a really good goal today mm. um, against Villa. Uh, a lot of fans have already said, you know, right, we can use him. Pellegrini would have been impressed. So maybe they might just turn around to Palace and just go, do you know what, actually, we don't want to sell him anymore. But Yeah, if they can keep him fit, I mean, the, if he features in the manager's plans, he might not he might not be playing the full season anyway. So that might work in his favour that he plays every other game or when he's chosen or he comes off the bench. And that might that might work to his advantage because obviously his fitness levels ain't that great. He's, he's always injured. Well... He gets injured quite easily. So he's got dodgy hammies, isn't he? His hamstrings. So, so Pellegrini might look at that and go, "Do you know what? He can do us a job off the bench, or you know, like I said before, I wouldn't want to see him go because I like the guy, but he is injury prone. If it, if it turns out that he's, he's getting injured again, yeah, then I think just patch him up and and and, and send him on. But yeah, I wouldn't. I I, I wouldn't be. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be gutted if he went but then you know it'd be nice if he stayed if, if he can't yeah, I mean. yeah I'll t- tell you one, one player that uh, does look like he's, he might have saved his West Ham career is Robert Snodgrass though yeah I think he's, he he's getting game time uh, this, this pre-season he scored today um, Pellegrini likes him I'm told yeah but he's a little bit like Hugh Gill though and he brought him in he had a great reputation he played three or four games and he was like well how come he's not on the team shirt anymore Bilic didn't fancy him and they put him out. But there was that fame. Didn't um, he come out and say that Billich said to him um, he was bringing him on for his first game, and he went uh, right. Where do you want to play? And he was like, oh. what? <laughs> and uh, Snodgrass said, oh, well, I, I, I played better out on the left. And he's like, okay, right, playing on the right. And uh, apparently Snodgrass, I think it was Snodgrass, come out and say said that. And it's like, well, if, if you if you sign for a club and then the manager's saying that to you. I mean, what, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised it didn't really work out for him at the beginning. But you know, Pelle, uh, you know, Pellegrini seems to like him. Uh, come off the bench today and scored. He started every other preseason game that we've yeah, had. Yeah, he's, so, he's played the most minutes of every player. So, so it looks like Robert Snodgrass may have saved his West Ham career. And you know, that, another that, good I mean, player. Do you, reckon, do you reckon the loan did him well though? I reckon so. He played every week. Yeah, yeah. He had they, a good they, year. They, they liked him there. I think there was the offer to buy him as well. I don't think Villa could afford to buy buy him. But um, you know, he's had a season's run out. He's yeah, fair plan. We've got him back. He's actually trending in the UK right now. Is he? Yeah, Bobby he's, he's trending on on really on Twitter right now in the UK. Um, apparently, got rapturous applause from the Villa fans. 
I think they haven't had much to cheer about, so, you know, in in the last eight, ten years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did have a good season for him, didn't he? He scored a few goals for him. Yeah, and all credit, he got got, got to the playoff final. You know, fair play to him, you know. He's gone there, he's done a job. Like, you know, where where was his parent coming in? He's gone off somewhere and he's he's played every single game. He's come back and he's he's trying to take his chance at the club that actually own him. And I think fair play to him. If he gets into the squad and he plays next season, you know, he just gives him that incentive to sort of, to push forward, you know what I mean? And drive Mm. on and hopefully he's he's in the manager's plans for the next few seasons, you know? Yeah, I think apart from from that though, there isn't a player really that stands out in the squad that I'd like to see us sell him. Because I think what we've lacked over the last few years is strength and depth. Mm. And I think adding seven players to this squad, I know we got rid of Reese Burke, um, and we should expect one or two more to go, but I think if, even if you're left with a complete full squad, and I, I, we do need to bring in a holding midfielder still. Apparently Declan Ross has been tried out there tonight, um, probably with a view of us saving some money, but... I'd, I'd like us to keep the, the, the strength and depth, keep the squad. Don't, we, don't sell anyone. Or if you have to, sell one or two, but, you know. And we've not even mentioned Hernandez tonight, so... Um, <laughs> and he's... Well, he's one Mustard. That, yeah. I love him. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, he's Just got to wait for him to come back and see where he fits in. in pre- I mean, I don't know whether he'll be back in time for the Ipswich game, really. We're but. talking about 20-goal season strikers. You've got one there. Straight just away. maybe just didn't have enough get the service, I reckon. No, I don't, Maybe not I've, playing with the right man up top as well. And I don't think Elton Moore's been in charge as well. I don't think they'd sort of... They don't get on, do So, but yeah, you know, he'll come Hopefully, back. again, this is another one where we we don't really know what to expect until until we see what Pellegrini does with him in pre-season because th- that's what this pre-season's been all about. We really don't really know what Pellegrini mm. likes or what he wants to do. It's all been, you know, trial and error, hasn't it? So. Yeah, but, you know, onwards and upwards, I think we'll be it's right. exciting. Yeah. Really exciting. It is uh, looking like an exciting um, season for the Hammers. I mean, this evening's performance. Good. Sports Social Podcast Network.